There are a number of interesting and exceptional people in the Queensland property and development industry. My guest today, Claire O'Rourke, is one of them. This is episode 18 of the Creating Queensland podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Reynolds. My day job is Director of Urban Planners Queensland, a private town planning consultancy based in Brisbane. This podcast is about getting to know the people behind the projects and is a platform to share ideas, expert advice and opinions. If you like this episode with Claire, please leave a review. Today I'm here with Claire Rook, uh, partner at Bluebird Property Partners. <laughs> There's a lot of partners in there. Hi Claire. Hi Jess, how are you going? Yeah, good thanks. Can you tell us a little bit about what Bluebird does? Sure. Bluebird Property Partners is Brisbane-based. We are a boutique development management and project management practice. So we're nearly 12 months old now, and basically we work for large corporate developers and smaller high net worth clients who have property projects and just need an extra pair of hands to help deliver those projects. So we can get up involved in the upfront stage in terms of the acquisition and the DA and planning side of the mm-hmm. site, or we can help our clients through construction and play more of a superintendent project management type role as well. Okay. And so what does that look like in a day-to-day for you specifically? Day-to-day? So we've got sort of half a dozen projects on the moment that are sort of live um, where we are um, actively involved in those. So mm-hmm. this morning, for example, we've got a three-lot subdivision over at Ash Grove, which is under construction. Um, so we had to approve some variations with the builder this morning to ensure that that kept on track. Um, We've got another project up in the Sunshine Coast, which is going through a design review. So um, my business partner, Rier, is up there at the moment um, working with the architects um, to to design that project and go through sort of floor plans and, Mm -hmm. and start looking at the product mix. Um, and then, look, we've also got a project, which is our biggest project at the moment, up at Queen's Wharf, which is 650 units up there, um, where we're helping uh, with the pre-sale campaign, so helping them to build the sales office. So that construction work has started now, and we can start to see that coming to life. So we've got a very, very... I was like, geez, <laughs> how are you keeping track of all that? So anything from small subdivisions to 65-storey Okay. Um, buildings, we, we're, we're across all of that at, at, at varying phases as well. So so is that a big driver for you, like having a variation in the type of work that you do? Is yeah. that something that you want to continue in the next few years, obviously with a 12-month-old business? Is, is this where you see it going, like having that variance? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think we love working on those big projects and that's our background. Um, Rhea and I both um, have worked for Mervac in the past, so mm-hmm. it was working on big high-res buildings. Um, so we do love those buildings that have the scale, and I think when you're working on those bigger projects with the bigger budgets, uh, there's a bit more scope there for things that are quite exciting. Um, and we love doing those big projects, but similarly, the smaller projects you get to see, um, you know, they can be built within 12 to 18 months and it can happen mm-hmm. quite quickly. Um, and we love that we can apply the knowledge that we've learned on those larger projects to the smaller ones where they might have smaller budgets, but still want to create something beautiful and, and, and create a great legacy. Um, so, yeah, we love the variety in what we do um, and obviously all of our clients are very different um, from the big institutional developers um, to mum and dads. So it's, it's great to have that variety across, across, across the business. Yeah. Who do you think takes more time to work with, smaller projects or larger projects? Uh, the larger projects definitely have more stakeholders mm-hmm. and more decision makers. So that definitely takes more time and longer gestation periods to get them up and running. 
Whereas I, I do have a soft spot for the smaller projects where you're dealing directly with the landowner um, and you can make decisions. Just quicker decision making. Quicker decision making, exactly. Okay. So that's definitely appealing. That's excellent. Okay. And so you said that you both came from Mervac. What happened that made you go from working at Mervac to starting Bluebird? So Ria and I started at Mervac on the same day, nearly 10 years ago now. Um, and I think it was a fantastic place to cut your teeth. They're, you know, renowned in the business as being um, really setting that standard for sort of high-end and beautiful apartments. Um, they've got a fantastic brand in the industry, and it was it was a fantastic place to work. Um, I then moved overseas and had a bit of a stint over in London, and then came back a couple of years ago and working with Lendlease. Mm -hmm. And I think we both sort of got to a point in our careers where we had, had just needed that next challenge um, and I think working for the bigger corporates is fantastic and you work on great big exciting projects um, but we were just ready to, to go out on our own and just see if we could do it for ourselves and you know 12 months in it's, uh, it's, it's challenging and it's, it's got its ups and downs but I wouldn't change it for the world. It's exciting times. Yeah. So get three first 12 months and yeah. the next 12 months get easier and the next 12 months get easier exactly. and then yeah. it gets harder again. And then <laughs> <laughs> As a small business owner, you know exactly. Yes, what I it do. Is. Yeah. Uh, and where did the name Bluebird come from? Because I absolutely love that oh, name. Thank you. So Bluebird comes from, um, it's essentially, Bluebirds always convey good messages and positive messages. Um, so it's, it's always got the, that connotation of um, being, uh, being able to, to bring good news to your client. Um, there's also the element of, of blue is, is sort of a nice calming colour um, and that we love the word property because that's obviously what we work mm -hmm. within and um, Bluebird Property Partners, we see ourselves as partners through the development process with our clients. So... Um, so that's where how we got the, the three names, Bluebird Property Partners. Is so who came up with it? Uh, so that was Rier. <laughs> oh, I was like, are we? I was like, claim yeah. it. <laughs> I'd love to take credit for it. And I think Bluebird also does play a little bit on our femininity. Um, two female business owners uh, running it. Uh, we think that there, there is an element of softness there as well. Um, but yeah, it's recognisable. We get it. We do get a lot of comments on it. Um, but. Yeah, it's a, it's something that yeah we it, it's, yeah we, we call ourselves bluebirds and uh, we we wear that badge with pride. <laughs> That's great. So, are there actually many other female-led businesses doing what you do? I haven't come across many. Yeah, I think it's definitely uh, a bit of a niche that we're in, particularly in Brisbane. Um, we do have relationships with other sort of female development managers mm -hmm. and property developers and. I think we look at uh, their businesses and how they've modelled their businesses and we, we'd like to see take some of the elements out of it in terms of um, you know, our approach to our clients and the culture that the business mm -hmm. has. Um, but yeah, I think in Brisbane it is definitely, um, we would be one of the first to be sort of an all-female-led team and not that we go out and badge ourselves as that, but I think it's No, just I don't think it's necessary, but yeah. I would like to acknowledge it yeah. because I think that it's, it's interesting that it is like that. Yeah. I think you bring something different to... We all know that we bring something different to our male colleagues, just like our male colleagues bring something different to what yeah. we do. We just all have different ways of thinking about things. Yeah. And so it just... Yeah, and it's it is acknowledgement of it. a, a male-led industry, or mm -hmm. male-dominated industry, rather. And so we acknowledge that, and um, I think as being you know quite heavily involved in the development and construction um, sectors in the past, it isn't it is quite normal to be running a meeting where you're the only female in that meeting. 
Um, but equally, you know, we use that to our advantage because I think most people are fairly encouraging when they see women coming through. It reminds them of their, their sisters, their mothers, their grandmothers. Um, so we haven't really experienced that um, sort of glass ceiling or anything like that. We find most men are pretty encouraging of it. Um, and our clients enjoy dealing, dealing with us because I guess we bring um, less arrogance to the process. Oh, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah, you can leave a comment later. <laughs> um, but I, I think we just have a different approach to, to how some male project managers might run, run no, it. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, okay, so do you have any career highlights? Yeah, definitely. I think my most memorable um, projects were based over in London, actually. I worked for a company over there called Barrett London. Mm-hmm. They're probably one of the biggest um, developers in the UK. And I went over at a time when the market was white hot rather than red hot. It was mm-hmm. You just couldn't build units fast enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it was a really good time. We were selling projects out overnight and all of that sort of stuff, so it was exciting. But my first project over there was um, in Battersea, which is a, um, a riverside um, suburb in London. We bought the site based on a 16-storey building, um, but by the end, so basically my role was to get on and to design that building and get it approved and get it built. Um, and by engaging early with the council and going through a bit of a design competition and having the council have some involvement in that, we actually got approval for a 28-storey building. So a bit of a jump. A bit of a jump, so from 16 to 28. Um, so the profit basically increased by 50% on that building, um, which was really, really exciting. And just one of those projects that you just kind of hang your hat on and go, wow, that was, that was great. And since then, uh, we've won lots of design awards for that building because it really was a design-led, mm-hmm. quite you know, an architectural statement, um, which you can do in London. They weren't scared about height or about density, and mm-hmm. um, they were. The council was happy to reward good design by giving you extra extra height. Um, do so you think that's really something exciting. that we could introduce into Brisbane? Do you think that's something lacking here? Yeah, I think as long as you can demonstrate um, lots of public benefit, whether that's on the public realm, whether that's through the community uses within the building, or whether that's through a beautiful architecturally designed um, uh, statement, then yes, I think the council should be more lenient um, to to density, mm-hmm. because I think it shows that high density projects um, can be delivered for the benefit of the public, and to have something that does leave a legacy and a sort of a positive. Um, statement on the river or wherever, um, then yeah, developers should be rewarded for that. No, I agree. That's cool. Okay, um, I'd like to jump into a bit about your expertise and um, give some advice to property owners and potential developers mm-hmm. or those within the industry already. Yep. What is a mistake you see people making quite often in your experience that you don't think that they should be? Sure. I think um, doing your due diligence on buying a site is very, very, very important. Um, I do see some developers that, that jump in and just buy too quickly or um, just because you know the market's booming. Um, and you do see some people that just haven't, haven't done their homework and haven't run their numbers. Um, so sometimes you will be presented with a project that just doesn't stack up which is disappointing because um, I think if you do that upfront work and you get all of your inputs done correctly, whether it's from a town planning perspective, a construction cost perspective, whether it's um, from just a you know, finance perspective, it's, it's really important to get that 
done upfront and that will just save you a lot of pain down mm-hmm. the track um, where you might have invested in a site that actually was never, was never going to work from the outset. So I think my biggest advice to people is just do your homework and make yeah. sure it might take you a little bit longer to settle, but it's, it's better to, to take that time just to make sure you're making the right investment decision. Yeah. So as a professional, how would you actually start that due diligence process? Because there seems to be a lot of confusion as to who you go and talk to, who you pay, who you don't pay, because obviously there's no money up front at this development stage. Yeah. So should you be outlaying some funds or who should you be speaking to first? How would you go about it? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, we're lucky in terms of we've got reasonable history behind us so we can make that assessment. But I think for just, uh, you know, um, mum and dad out there looking to, to do to buy a you know potential splitter um i'd definitely be talking to your local town platter i can recommend a good one if you need one um, <laughs> she means me <laughs> and um so really making sure you're getting the right planning advice up front so you know what what um what the controls are um, talking to local real estate agents so you know exactly what product you're delivering and who that market is and really understanding your target market and mm-hmm. what they're willing to pay and what they're looking for in a product um, and then also just ha- having a chat to some mortgage brokers, understanding how does the finance work, what, are, what sort of fees are you going to be up for, what elements will they be financing, what mm-hmm. soft costs, what hard costs, um, and then really understanding worst case scenario, if you're not able to sell this product at the end, um, what are your holding costs going to be and how can you uh, make sure, how can you minimise those as well. Um, I think, yeah, it's... When the market's good, things are great, but when, when things sort of taper off a little bit, we do always need to plan for that worst case scenario. Yeah. So it's really understanding, you know, um, it's important to be optimistic when assessing sites, but also have that element of realism there as well, yeah. that when things could go wrong. That's a lot to take in. I think that's a lot of information for property owners to really get their heads around. Yeah. Um, Often, if you've got a good town planner, they can steer you in the right direction. and Definitely can steer people in the right yeah. direction. Um, but I feel like if you want to 100% ensure your, your development's going to be yeah. correct, you, you can't really be a, a totally hobby developer to yeah. be successful in this industry. You really need to commit to it and learn a lot. Exactly. You, you become a student. Yeah, exactly. And start small. Um, we, we provide property advice to people all the time. There's, there's plenty of developers out there that are happy to, to sort of share their knowledge with people. Definitely. Um, but, yeah, getting the right team around you def, definitely de-risk the process. Okay, um, so get the right team. Right do team. Do diligence. You know, yeah. speak to everyone. Yeah, Everyone exactly. and anyone. <laughs> <laughs> get yourself, yeah, good town planner, good architect. You know, have a good mortgage broker that you can talk to. Have someone that's done it before that you can learn from. Plenty of people have made mistakes out there and they're happy to share those learnings with you mm-hmm. um, and yeah make sure that you've got um, yeah, a good agent on board as well that you that you trust is going to invest in and understand the product and sell it for you, for you at the end of the day um, and just have a really good feel on where the market is as well understand from a macro level right down to a micro level what's happening um, within the area that you're buying in and that um, because there's yeah, it, there's so many influences within the property sector that can mm-hmm. determine whether or not it's a it's a good year in property or if it's going to be a challenging year. Um, it, it's important to play those cycles and um, be aware that property is very, very cyclical. <laughs> it very much is. This question has a bit of self-interest in it. Yeah. How important is town planning in what you do and delivering a project? 
Can it make or break a project? Yeah, definitely. And I think the type of town planner that you have on a project uh, really does influence the outcome of that project. We have some town, I know some town planners that are very much just by the rule book mm-hmm. and go, right, this is what the code says, therefore this is what we must do. Whereas other town planners that are actually able to be a little bit more um, you know, commercial and creative about the way they approach things and mm-hmm. you know, where you find you might be um, not complying with one element but over-delivering in another element, they're happy to go in there and really have that debate with, with the council officers on your behalf. And they're the town planners I like working with because you can... Um, they're, they're working to... Because they understand the, the broader picture of it. It's not just about reading legislation and complying with it and doing a box-ticking exercise. It's more holistic than that. Um, and all developments have to have some sort of give and take in terms of the process and make res- local residents feel like they're winning through that process as well. So it's getting the right town planner that can sell those benefits of your project and get them get the council on board, get the local residents on board um, and really go into that for you, not in an aggressive way, but just in terms of <laughs> You don't want them going out fighting people? <laughs> no. <laughs> really? I was willing to do that. But someone that really understands the, the benefits, because without a good town planner, it really can make or break a project. So you want to make sure that you've got someone on there that understands the, you know, this is the, the, the policy but then knows where you can bend the rules a little bit and what the council's going to be expecting. You want a town planner. You don't want a council town yeah. planner. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> I think that's the difference. Yeah. And it's um, it's not so much about, yeah, you definitely don't want a box ticker. And I, to be honest, like a lot of people have said there's there's box tickers out there, but I think there is a yeah. lot of confusion with that is what council are doing. They're, they're yeah. box ticking and you yeah. need someone who's going to go, oh, I've been to university for this long. Yeah. This is, you know, this is your box, but yeah. we're a bit outside of it because there is no perfect site out there yeah. anymore. Like yeah. it's pretty rare to find a site where you can make it work yeah. yield-wise and profitable-wise and it's like, and it's oh, you know, it fits in this box. Yeah, and it's going to be completely code-assessed. Yeah. Like there's always going to be elements of grey. Well, sometimes they do fit in it, but they're yeah. really ugly buildings. Yeah. <laughs> So what do you want, guys? <laughs> exactly. Um, but, yeah, I think it's about finding the right town planner that's willing to go in, have the battles when they when they matter, um, rather than just saying no to everything. And it's just about having someone that can give you the right advice on where they believe in, believe in a project or believe mm-hmm. in an outcome um, versus town planners that are just, that, that just say no and aren't open to, to sort of pushing the boundaries a little bit. Um, but it's not about finding someone that's just says yes to everything like you need that element of realism to it but there's always going to be a negotiation through that town planning process so you want someone that's happy to you know oh, finally a realist thing there's going to be a negotiation <laughs> through the process yeah you have no idea how many people think oh yeah. i've you know got a great design great yeah. town planner and it's just going to go through like no yeah. tomorrow sometimes it does but yeah. very rarely but also a town planner that is uh, can relate well with the council officers as well, where they don't just go in and start banging the the table and saying demanding. Like because at the end of the day, if they stop if describing me, if they don't <laughs> if they don't have rapport with the council officers and they don't listen to what the council officers are wanting, then you're just going to get off on that sort of bad foot and you just be um, you're never going to win them over. But you want a town planner that's got good rapport, good um, has good relationships with with the council officers that they trust and that they know 
know that they're not just being sold to. That it's all. It, there's got to be that element of genuineness behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably what you want in a project manager too. Yeah, no, it's, oh no, I feel like we're describing each other here. <laughs> just first. Okay, so I'll, I'll move it on to um, where is Bluebird going from here? What, where are you headed? Are you going into the stratosphere? You've, you've broken through that glass ceiling. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that never existed. Yeah. No. I think Bluebird will continue on the same tra- trajectory yep. in terms of its consulting. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we love the clients that we that we work with. Uh, we get a lot about it, out of those projects. Um, but I think a sort of a realistic progression for us will be to do our own projects. At the end of the day, um, we are seeing lots of sites out there and are gaining exposure to lots of sort of opportunities. And um, I think that will be in the next twelve months. We'll see a, a blue blur. Blue Bird branded development, which would okay. be pretty exciting. So people need to start working with you now before you start taking all the good projects. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, consulting will always be a big part of our business. Um, and particularly for what we were talking about before, the opportunity to work on those big projects is fantastic. To work with those sorts of institutional developers is a dream come true. And we, we will definitely continue doing that. Um, but I think at the end of the day, we won't just be consultants. There will be a Bluebird development business sometime into the future, um, whether that's 12 months or 24 months away. It just depends. Um, but I think long term, that's definitely where we see the business heading. And, and we'll continue to grow. We've just brought on um, a new staff member recently, so that's pretty exciting. So there's three of us now. And um, we'll just continue. How many can fit in a nest? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that exactly. was a really bad joke. <laughs> really bad. I'm embarrassed. Like a little blue bird there. Yeah, that was clever. <laughs> okay, and so if people want to contact you, how do they find you? Best way to contact me would be on LinkedIn. Yeah, okay. So that's just Claire O'Rourke, Claire O'Rourke, Bluebird Property Partners. And here I was worried about pronouncing your last name. I can't and then you <laughs> <laughs> Okay, thank you so much for being part of it. Thank you for listening to the Creating Queensland podcast. Please leave a review and you can find out more about me and